Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? I'm great. Uh, it's it's such an odd feeling, you know, going – I mean, you and I have been doing this for a while in some form or another. And it's such a different and odd feeling to kind of not know what happens next. <laughs> you know, it's, know, it is weird. It's, there's so much unknown, and so it's like it's 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 waking up and and kind of checking Twitter and seeing, uh, oh, did somebody get hired today, or what's the rumor? And it's it's kind of very wide open. It's 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 fascinating and it's exciting. Yeah, uh, we have a lot of news we got to talk about. Yeah. Uh, we'll, let's go ahead and start there. We'll get to some of your questions later. Um, I, I'm not even sure which one you want to start with. Let's, let's do Kellen Moore. Uh, it was announced on uh, Tuesday night. That the expectation is that Kellen Moore is going to come back. I believe Adam Schefter uh, tweeted this morning that the Cowboys uh, believe he's going to be back as the offensive coordinator. Um, now, we're not quite sure who's going to call plays or who's going to design the offense, uh, but how big is that for the Cowboys to get Kellen Moore back on the staff? Well, I think it's fantastic. I mean, you know, one of the things that we talked about uh, previously at some point, and it's all starting to run together at this point, <laughs> is... Sure. I think that there's a level of, of uh, there's value in having a, a level of continuity uh, at, at the at certain positions, especially at the uh, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, uh, you know, position level, position coach level kind of coaches. Because you know, first of all, I mean, let's just take a step back and look at what the plan is here. Clearly. This is a situation, and I hate to keep going back to this, but this is a reload and not a rebuild situation. So what does that actually mean? Well, it means that we're going to change a couple of key things, but we're going to try to keep what, uh, uh, some clear spots of what we've got, of where we feel we've got talent, where we feel things work, and kind of continue to try to rework them with a new head coach kind of guiding the way. Right. So I think right. a lot of that is making sure that in the sense that we're not kind of reinventing the wheel, you need a guy who knows the t- offensive terminology, who knows, uh, you know, how things are done and strengths and weaknesses of these players, uh, that are coming back on this team. Because you don't want a guy, a, a whole new staff coming in here, having to learn about the players, while also having to completely redo the, the system terminology, especially if you're talking about a potential West Coast system, um, then I think that you know, it's it, there's uh, a level of, of chaos that that creates that isn't conducive to the idea of trying to hit, hop right back into the middle of the playoff race and try to compete for a Super Bowl. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm really glad that Kelton's back because it seemed like him and Dak did work well together. Yeah. Uh, Kellen can express to McCarthy, hey, these are the 10 plays that Dak runs really well. What do you think? How can we change them? How can we upgrade them? How, you know, what can we do to incorporate some downfield passing attacks with the West Coast offense? Uh, I, I think that's a big hire. Um, we should mention really quickly that we are, are recording this on Wednesday afternoon. The Mike McCarthy press conference is scheduled for later in the afternoon. Uh, I'm assuming we're going to get some more answers about the offense and calling some of the plays and all that kind of stuff in a little bit. I uh, so just wanted to throw that out there. Um, the other two big hirings that the Cowboys made yesterday, and these ones are more intriguing to me, actually. 
the first was uh, the team announced that they're hiring special teams coordinator Jim Fossil from the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, if you've seen any of the stuff that the Rams have done on special teams over the last couple of years, uh, you know that he's good. Uh, there was an all-or-nothing series on Amazon, I believe it was two or three years ago, uh, and he was one of the stars of the show. I mean, the, the players just absolutely love him. He's creative. He has a lot of energy. Uh, I, I saw Johnny Hecker, their Pro Bowl punter today, expressing how much he's going to miss him uh, in Los Angeles. How big of a signing is that to get somebody of you know Fossil's uh, experience in here with the Dallas Cowboys? I mean, it's it's absolutely huge. It's, you know... Uh, I think the thing that's so amazingly good about it is the kind of change in fortune you feel like you have. I mean, you you know, at the special team spot, you you go from having a guy who, you know, is just way over his head. I mean, probably should not have been uh, put in a special teams coach, uh, you know, when he was... And probably, you know, certainly shouldn't have been put in charge of, of special teams so quickly. He didn't, I don't feel like he really had a solid grip on, on everything that was doing or how to, you know, get his message down to his, to the well, players. And, and, and can I stop you there, please, right there really yeah. quickly? Just, uh, this is how Keith O'Quinn became a special teams coordinator. He, he actually started out in scouting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Cowboys liked him a lot, but he kind of got to a point in the scouting department where, he couldn't go any further, right? You already have Will McClay, you had Tom Zakowski. You, you just can't go up, you know, very much higher. So the Cowboys moved into coaching. They had him doing special projects. And then eventually when they had a special teams opening, they kind of slid him right in there. I, I understand why they did it. It was analytics-based, you know? I mean, I th- that was because yeah, that yeah. seems to be his strength is, is combining analytics and onto the field. And the thought process is because there's so much analytics in special teams – that he would kind of slide in there naturally, but, right? But you know that it didn't work out. He, he's I don't he's not necessarily even though he looks like he's a, a an old ball coach. Yeah, I, I don't know that he was such a great coach. Yeah, and, and I think it was just mismanagement by the Cowboys putting him in that position. He clearly wasn't ready for it. Um, but that's why I think Mike Fisher had a report yesterday that Keith O'Quinn is going back to scouting. Uh, that's where he's good, and I, I think it took him two years to realize that it was a problem. But sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no. I mean I interrupted you, but I, I, I just to kind of sum it up. I, I think it was a situation where they liked the person, uh, and they kind of really, really hampered Jason Garrett. To be honest, I mean I, I, I'm assuming that this was kind of put upon him. I mean I don't know what his level of involvement was, but either either way, uh, it was a very odd choice for them to continue to use Keith Quinn in such a make or break year last season. Uh, and he clearly, you know, pretty heavily floundered. Absolutely. Now, um, everything that I've read and know about Fossil uh, sounds like he's going to be phenomenal. I know a lot of people love him. Uh, I, I saw a thing that John Oning posted yesterday about his DVOA. Uh, I think it's almost every year he's in the top ten. The last two years with the Rams uh, have been a little bit of a struggle. I think he was 23rd in DVOA this year. Uh, and like I said on Twitter, if the Cowboys had the 23rd ranked special special teams unit this year, they're probably in the playoffs. I mean, that's that's how yeah. big the gap was between the Cowboys and a average to slightly below average special teams unit. Let's also remember that it was a Wade Phillips coach defensive team and a team that also had a pretty high propensity of going after veteran players. And I think because of that, it probably really severely limited. You know, I feel like there probably was a heavy onus put on Fossil to find players on the very, very, very back end of that roster because they had so many 
older vet players that definitely weren't going to be you know, contributing on special teams, uh, and and you know maybe an even smaller pool to work with uh, for for fossil to pull from. So uh, I, I don't know. I'm not I, I'm not so sure. All I know is that this is a guy who is extremely creative at his position. Uh, I, I again point back to one of my favorite plays in football history. The uh, the the punt return that Tavon Austin was actually involved in when, yeah. when, when they were back yeah. in St. Louis, I, I it was like mad like watching magic on uh, on on the screen. If you if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, go back and, and Google it. It's on YouTube. I, I just watched it yesterday. It was I, I think if you Google uh, fossil or St. Louis Rams fake punt or something like that. Uh, basically, they they took the tendencies of the of the team that was punting and just turned them completely against them. They knew exactly where the punt was going to go. They completely faked the the the, uh, the punt coverage team into going to cover Tavon Austin, uh, and who was faking like he was seeing the ball in the air and about to catch it. And what they ended up doing is taking. I think it was Stedman Bailey, who was one of the wings. Yeah, he was. Yep. And and uh, they instead of double teaming the gunner, uh, peeled off, caught the ball over his shoulder, uh, which is also very impressive, by the way, in a punt. And uh, there was no one on that side of the field at all. And he basically walked, ran untouched for a, a probably seventy yard touchdown punt return. Uh, yeah, it, it, he's good. I, I can't wait to see some of the stuff that you know they pull. I, I remember Johnny Hecker has like the most passing attempts ever by a punter in NFL history. <laughs> uh, they're going to be aggressive on special teams, and I love it. Yep. I, I'm really excited to see uh, what Fossil does with this unit. And listen, they're going to be aggressive on kick returns. They're going to try some crazy stuff. They're going to make sure that they have good returners back there on punt returns. Uh, they should be a significantly better special teams unit. Uh, if not in 2020, in 2021. I, it's going to take them a little while to, to learn Fossil's scheme and that kind of stuff, uh, but they're going to be good. Um, let's take a break. We'll come back, and we'll talk about the other hiring that has me really excited. All right, Landon. Um, I remember, I think, was it yesterday we were potting? Man, these days are running. All right, that's what I'm saying, uh, man. Like, yeah, it's crazy. We, we, we mentioned a name uh, for a potential defensive line coach that we would be interested in, Jim Tomsula. Um, I might have had a little bit of inside information that the Cowboys were at least interested oh, in. They made oh. it official that uh, that they are hiring Jim Tom Sula, who was with the Redskins in 2017-2018. I think he was off football this year. Um, listen, this is one of the advantages of hiring a veteran coach rather than going out and getting a Lincoln Riley, right, is Mike McCarthy has a lot of different ties in the NFL. He's been a, he's been in the NFL for a long time. He's going to know a lot of different people. He knows what coaches are good and which ones aren't. Uh, they grabbed Jim Tom Sula. Uh, what do you think about this hiring? Again, you know, I to kind of to your point, this was when they started bantying Urban Meyer's name around. This, like, that was the kind of thought process. My caveat, I didn't necessarily want it, but my caveat to that was if he is able to draw good candidates, if he's able to come with a good team, like, then that's where I get interested. And I think I didn't necessarily realize that Mike McCarthy would have had that same draw, but clearly, like you said, his level of experience, his resume, um, you know, he is able to kind of pull guys from different spots that want to come work with him. And I think Fossil is obviously an example of that. And I, sure. and I think Jim Tomsula, as your defensive line coach, you know, I think one of the biggest worries you worry, you know, you have as uh, as a Cowboys fan that's you know that, that's looking to get rid of the defensive court, defensive staff is, well, you know, uh, 
not for nothing, Rod Marinelli is a very good defensive line coach. Uh, and, and, and you hated, lo- yeah. hated losing that as part of the reason that you didn't necessarily want to fire him as your defensive coordinator a few years ago. You wanted to find a way to like, Make him take a step back and hope he can like uh, share the role, and then that was that's why we got all got excited about Chris Richard. I think if if losing uh, Marinelli is is inevitable at this point, and clearly it is, um, T- Tom Sula coming in is probably best case scenario for his replacement. Absolutely, you know, I and mean, how many other how many other defensive line coaches are out there that we are even on the same playing field as Marinelli and, and Tom Sula. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, th- I was going to say, like, Tom Sula is the only person that's on the same playing, that's even approaching what, what Marinelli kind of has as a defensive line coach in his career. So, um, I, I, yeah, I think this is a, an absolute coup. I hated that he was in Washington these last few years, especially with how talented uh, that defensive line is with, 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 with you know, stocked with, with players. Um, but getting him to come over to the Cowboys and kind of using that to Bowie the loss of, of Rod Marinelli is going to be absolutely critical. It's fantastic. All right, let's talk about I'd say let's talk about Tom Sewell's coaching style because Marinelli is a teacher really at heart. Right, he he's going to scream and he's going to cuss and that stuff, but he's really a teacher. What is Tom Sewell? What can Cowboy fans expect from him? Uh, I mean, <laughs> he is. I mean, I hate to be like this, but he feels like he's a, you know, a, a caricature of a, you know, back east ball coach. You know, I mean, he's just like, he's. He, he grew up an hour away from me, by the way. Yeah, so that doesn't ahead. surprise me. Go ahead me. to insult us we're, some more. We're going to see a whole bunch of, uh, of Yinzers, as, as the, whatever you guys call oh, themselves. Yeah. I mean, I oh, think, yeah. I think we're just going to see a lot of the, of, of Pittsburgh folks. I don't know how how much the older Cowboys fans are going to love about that, but I think as long as they're winning, that's okay. Um, but, you know, I, I think he's – this is a guy who is kind of – you know, look, he's a different kind of coach than Marinelli because he's more of a uh, of a two-gap coach. I think he's going to be – I think that's not going to be a problem because I think that, you know, all these guys know how to coach, and I think he you know, has to teach – one gap principles for the guys on the on the outside, anyways, when they're attacking. So I don't think it's a problem. And, and again, Tom Sula has been a, a defensive line coach, defensive coordinator, head coach, and, and I think that's yeah. you know he's got the full grasp of the position. So uh, if anything, I think he's kind of where uh, you know uh, Marinelli was a couple years after losing the Lions' job. You know, kind of understands what his role is at this point. Maybe he's learning, looking to get back into head coaching at some point, but I think at this point, uh, is, is happy to be, you know, where he's at at his position, has a ton maybe, of knowledge. Maybe looking more to be a defensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah right? totally. That, maybe, that maybe looking like to springboard this into a defensive coordinator job. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, and at this point, it's just kind of, uh, is uh, a very knowledgeable, very knowledgeable coach, knows how to get the most out of his players, and, and, you know, has, Really done a great job, you know, kind of everywhere he's been of of getting the most out of uh, talented groups. Man, I am really excited about Tom Sula because man, that he has so much energy and fire. Yeah, uh, I I think those guys on the defensive line are going to absolutely love him. Uh, he's I man, he coached some really good defensive lines in San Francisco for a while. Yeah, uh, he, he's super tough. Um, him and Mike McCarthy, actually both Pennsylvania guys, grew up about an hour away from each other. Uh, I think they're going to bring some of that, uh, some toughness to Dallas. Um, just one other little coaching thing I want to throw out. Um, one thing that McCarthy does have is he's got a pretty big coaching tree. If you look at all the guys who have, you know, become offensive coordinators or head coaches, 
um, throughout his time in the NFL. The, the list is pretty extensive. So I fully expect the Cowboys to bring in several, you know, recognizable names over the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, they may not be guys that Dallas fans completely love, but in the right spots, I, I think they make sense. Like for one uh, instance, oh man, I, Ben McAdoo, right? He was a head coach of the Giants. I know a lot of people don't like him. But he's not bad if he's like your wide receiver coach or a quality control guy. <clears throat> That's another guy that I know is really close with McCarthy. Another Pennsylvania guy that grew up in Pittsburgh. I won't be shocked if you see some of those type of names resurface in Dallas. Um, are, are you okay with that? I mean, I know I know Ben McAdoo gets a pretty bad rap from his time with the Giants. But in a certain role, uh, does, does he make sense? Joe Philbin is another guy, wide receiver coach, oh, yeah. became the Dolphins head coach. Uh, what about those two guys? Yeah, I think as long as I'm not responsible for not making fun of Ben McAdoo's haircuts, then I'm totally... <laughs> he got a new haircut. I don't know if he saw it. It's all slick back. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's not any better. Uh, no, I, you know, I, I, look, I, I totally agree. I think, you know, uh, uh, you know, Tom Landry coached for the Giants at one point. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I think you, you've got, these guys that move around and, and and sometimes they don't fit the role some roles better than others and head coaching is a very hard role to peg so yeah. that doesn't mean that Ben McAdoo is a bad coach it just means you know if anything it shows you that Ben McAdoo clearly was a good enough you know coordinator position coach that he was considered for a, a major head coaching position right. so Rod Marinelli is a perfect example exactly right? he went all in 16 as a head coach from the Lions but he's recognized but, as one of the best defensive line coaches in all the league absolutely. it's fine yeah. don't freak out if the Cowboys hire some of these guys who may be washed out as head coaches um, let's take a quick break we'll come back and we'll answer a few more Twitter questions all right, Landon, this one comes from Mark I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name because I mess it up every time and I know you do, you do too uh, what would be the most glaring and noticeable change going from Jason Garrett to Mike McCarthy? Um, most glaring change between going from Jason Garrett hmm. Well, I mean, I, you know, look, I, I think that uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see how much of the West Coast influence is going to come into this offense. Um, because the, the one thing that, I, that kind of stuck out to me immediately is that, uh, you know, this – and it's kind of subtle because no one's really talking about it, is this is a, uh, you know, McCarthy is a West Coast-based guy. I mean, I, you know, I think he's that's his principles. I mean, that's what he's uh, always been about. I mean, when he brought his offense uh, to the league, it was called the spread. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was, it's, it, he's, uh, he's kind of a, of a, of a throw first and a, th- a throw short and a, you know, accuracy. And, and, and I feel you know, there's, there's different flavors of the West coast offense, but, and, and, and we talked about it yesterday that there's definitely going to be some crossover, but I, you know, I think the question still becomes, you know, how much of that West coast influence is going to creep into this offense year one. And what does that mean for the players trying to learn that system? You know, the, the West coast yeah, verbiage right. is notoriously, um, Ver- verbal, I guess. <laughs> it's, it's very, it's, it's voluminous, you know. I mean, play calls are usually, that's one thing about the Coriel system. It's, it's usually numbers based, or at least has numbers, uh, based, and then they add tags in there, so, to try to keep the, 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 the verbiage down a little bit, but the West Coast doesn't offer you that same thing. Uh, so it's, it's always interesting to see, 
you know, one, how these, how they, you know, mechanically fit together the two systems, you know, what, what they take and what they leave and what, you know, what stays and what goes. But then also, uh, you know, how the players actually take to, uh, you know, the subtle changes and the changes in rules, you know, they have rules for, for different scenarios and stuff. All, a lot of that is, it could change. A lot of it may, may stay the same. It, it, the things that change, how well do the players pick up on that? And is there a learning curve for guys like Dak and Zeke? Mm-hmm. So that, those, uh, yeah, those, those things to look at, I would say. Right. Absolutely. Um, one more kind of thing with McCarthy. Um, this one comes from Travis. How likely is it now that the Cowboys will re-sign Randall Cobb, uh, now that McCarthy is the head coach, I, I believe their relationship was good. Uh, I think it was more that the Raider or the excuse me, the Packers front office didn't want Cobb back. But do you expect Cobb now to say that McCarthy's back uh, as the head coach? Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly don't see it as uh, an impediment. I, I think obviously it, it certainly doesn't hurt. Um, I, I, from what I understand, if, if as long as they have a good relationship, which I don't know that they don't, um, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that it, it, it can help. I, I think that that judgment on whether Cobb comes back is probably being made by other factors more than just who the head coach is. Like, yeah, I agree. Do, do you want to potentially replace that guy with a uh, with a rookie? And if you do want to place a guy like, like that, the rookie, can you afford to have – do you want to afford to have Randall Cobb and Tavon Austin – and you know what I'm saying, so uh, yeah, I think yeah. I think that's more likely the the question that they're going to have is is kind of does it make sense for the roster more than well hey now that we've got his old coach back do we need him back I, you know I think I think obviously McCarthy will weigh in there but I, I don't know that that's necessarily their relationship being the deciding factor. I agree. It's also interesting like Tavon's on the roster now who was with Fossil with the Rams mm-hmm. uh, and Tavon had a really good year with Fossil when he was returning punts so. Uh, just something to keep an eye on. Uh, I ex- I kind of expect the Cowboys are going to have to choose between one of those two. Doesn't it feel like that they're not going to carry both those guys anymore? Uh, they'll they'll probably pick. My guess is they'll pick Cobb just because he can give you a little bit more on offense. Uh, and maybe with the Pollard growing as a you know a player, maybe you don't need Tavon anymore. Maybe you don't need to run the jet sweeps with Tavon. You can run them with Pollard. Um, just something to you keep your eye on. Uh, that's it for today's show. We're going to talk about the press conference tomorrow, all of our big takeaways. Uh, we might even get to some more of your questions because you guys had a bunch. Um, please make sure you go to iTunes, uh, rate us, review. Give us a player that you want us to watch for a draft. I know a lot of people have been asking about uh, the draft and the Senior Bowl. Give us some players that you want us to watch, yeah. why we should watch them. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to starting uh, some film work this, this uh, weekend. I've blocked out a whole bunch of time to watch some of these receivers and watch some of the Senior Bowl guys. Uh, so make sure you guys do that. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB on Twitter. You can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.